0: The world has changed a lot in a few short months. Not that long ago, COVID-19 was not in our vocabulary. We had never heard of shelter in place or social distancing. We've been plunged into a world without church services, movie theaters, handshakes, or hugs. A world at home. And this season has taught us a lot. Some of the lessons were fun and some of them painful most of them seasoned with the bitterness of loneliness and isolation. But we must remember that we are not alone in the church. We need each other now more than ever. We are all called to minister to our friends, children, and neighbors. We are all called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to open our homes to the lost and broken, and introduce them to the God who is longing to meet with them. And as we engage with the pain around us, we become a beacon of hope. Our homes can become the light of community the world is starved for. As the church, we must remind people in this season that we may be home, but we are not alone.
1: Good morning, Living Streams. I'm so excited to be with you this morning. I have to be honest, I was a little bit nervous about what to wear, because I feel like for women, it's kind of hard, like, what, what do I wear? I need to have an outfit and jewelry and all those things. And so for men, it's so much easier. They just wear their button-up collared shirts and their slacks or even jeans, and they're good to go. So when I found this dress, and then it was a button-up with a collar. I was like, this is like the lady version of the pastor uniform. Am I right, Eden? Yeah. She's like, yes. It's hard. Jay just wears a shirt. So you got your shirt on today. So it's great. So I'm happy. I'm happy to be with you. And actually today is Pentecost. So happy birthday, church. I'm so glad we get to be together. And as I was thinking about Pentecost and what we're going to be talking about this morning, I was thinking about times that i got a really good unexpected gift and one of the things that came to my mind was a story i actually have a really hard time remembering and i think it's because it was so kind um, that it almost like shocked me like it was just hard to receive and so my kids remember it and they remind me of it every christmas because it was so significant for them but what had happened was it was when my kids were little and we had this car and i wouldn't even call it a car actually it was like a tank this big huge old Suburban. And I mean the gas on it was more expensive than we could afford. The windows on it didn't work, like they just never worked. The doors 50% of the time worked, so there was lots of fun, awkward moments of me crawling through whatever I could to get out of this car. Um, but the worst part of it was that the AC didn't work. And when you don't have windows that go down, and you don't have AC and you have little children, it was just a really hard, frustrating time to feel like me and Alistair felt like we couldn't change this circumstance and there's nothing harder I think especially um, to see a thing that's hard and you can't change it. And for us it was seeing that our family needed provision and we weren't able to provide it. And the truth is, is that's true all the time, right? We're not in control of our life, we're living on mercy from mercy um, and I didn't even I didn't even get to choose the origin of my birth or um, my first world problem, right? And so I felt, me and Alistair both kind of felt guilty even complaining or even going to the Lord with our our desire for a new car because we felt like, oh, we should just be lucky we even have a car. But the Lord in his kindness, he's so kind, um, and he provided. And what had happened was it was... I think it was Christmas Eve, and it's hard for even to me to remember because I'm like, how could somebody give up their Christmas Eve, but I think it was Christmas Eve, me and my family were in our house, and all of a sudden there was Christmas carolers singing at our door. And so, like, Christmas car- carolers? When does that even happen? And we walked up to the door, and we opened it, and there was our friends, Lance and Susan Rahoff. And Nisa Bynum, who's now Nisa Moak, and her sister, and they were singing. And we're like, that's so sweet that the pastors from Living Streams Arcadia drove all the way out to our houses in Christmas carols. And then as they finished, they were just giggly and smiley. And they're like, we have a surprise for you. Somebody told us that we could give you a gift today. They wanted to give this to you, and we get to be the ones to give it. And so we're like, OK, this is weird. And so we walk out, and there was this new car. And it wasn't brand new, but it was definitely newer than the Suburban that we had. And it was overwhelming. And the truth was, or truth is, for the Morrisons, this is not the first time that we had been given a free car. And it actually wasn't even the last time. It happened to us again. But here's the thing I know about good gifts is that when you are given something that you don't feel like you deserve, it can actually be really painful. And I think that happens a lot even with the gospel. When you're aware of your sin and your brokenness and your need, and Jesus, the perfect living God, says, I'm going to take on your sin and your consequences, and I'm going to put it on myself so that you can be free, it's a hard thing to receive sometimes. And so whenever I'm praying for somebody to receive the gospel, I know that I'm praying for them to have a miracle, the miracle of being able to be free from shame, to receive love. And so today we're going to talk about gifts. We're going to talk about the gift that was given at Pentecost. And so we're going to turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 4. I'm going to jump there. And so what's happening here is that Jesus, this is after Easter. So this is resurrected Jesus, just hanging out with his buddies for a while, like such a wild thing that he's walking around, talking to people, teaching people, and just loving them. And so here, this is the scene. He's with his disciples and it's Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says that Jesus instructed them don't leave Jerusalem but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about the gift the Father has promised for John baptized you in water but in a few days from now you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every time they were gathered together they asked Jesus Lord is it the time now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? I so, this is a side note, but I so relate to that desire for like, God, can you just fix, are you going to fix everything soon? Are you going to make it all better? But he continues to say, he answered, the father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared for his own authority. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. Right after he spoke those words, the disciples saw Jesus, lifted into the sky and disappear into a cloud. As they stared into the sky, watching Jesus ascend, two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. They told the startled disciples, Galileans, why are you staring up into the sky? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven but he will be back the same way that you saw him ascend." So here's this startling moment, right, where the disciples watched Jesus ascend. And I can't even imagine what that was like. But what I love is that they continued to wait. They waited for the gift that Jesus had promised. And so let's turn to what this gift is. Let's go to Acts chapter two, verse one. And so at this point, this had been a couple of days and it was Pentecost. And Pentecost is this feast. It's this festival that they would celebrate the harvest. And it was for the Jews. And so there were a lot of people gathered. And so here it is. This is the scene. It's in Acts chapter 2. It's a few days after this. And we're at Pentecost. And the disciples and some others are gathered. And it says, "On on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing to the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now at this time, there were Jewish wor- worshippers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to, um, to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we can hear them speaking in our own languages? We are northern Iranians, northwestern Iranians, Elamites, and those from Mesopotamia. Judea, east-central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea. Asia, north-central Turkey, southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans who are neighbors of the Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Christians and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialect. They all stood there, dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? Okay, so today is actually Pentecost. Pentecost was given to the Jews, like I said in the Old Testament, as the feast of the harvest. And it was to be celebrated seven weeks after Passover. So many, like I said, were there to observe it. And it seemed like there were many people there from all different places. But this also happened to be 50 days after Easter, and it became the birthday of the church. Because that day, when you continue reading, it says that over 3,000 people gave their life to Christ and were baptized. This beautiful thing that happened where you have this, this um, celebration, this Pentecost that was supposed to be celebrated after Passover to, to praise God for his provision for food and resource. But now you have this, where we're praising God for his provision of the saving of souls, of those that were dead coming to life. This is this beautiful picture, this beautiful celebration. And what I love about this is that you have all these diverse people coming together, hearing from the disciples in their native language. I think this is so significant. I think it's significant for today especially in our culture and what's happening right now in the United States to know that God's heart is for diversity he's the creator of diversity he loves it but he also loves unity and where the presence of God is he can bring unity when people honor and love the Lord he we can experience this freedom from him to love and honor one another I think this is just the perfect day and the perfect time to remember what the presence of God can do to heal our land. Okay, so talking about the gift that was given, because of Jesus, we all now have access to the Holy Spirit, God's presence actually with us, engulfing us, being with us, Further on, it talks about in Acts chapter 2, when they receive this gift and when they encounter the gospel and they hear of the love of God, what moves in them is a heart and a desire to repent, to turn from the things that were giving them life, from their ways of rejecting Jesus, and to turn and to receive Jesus. It's this beautiful picture, too, of how all the people that were there, they weren't the smartest people, they weren't the perfect religious leaders, they were just people that were willing. And one of the things I love about God is that He doesn't just call the qualified, He calls the willing. You see, um, He's not looking for perfection because perfection doesn't exist. If there was such a thing as perfect people, He wouldn't have had to die. Jesus is looking for those that are saying, I'm sick and tired of doing life my own way. And I'm now willing and ready to do life your way, God. Now, the presence of God is a fantastic thing. It's the best. And I love how Jesus says, taste and see that I am good. Tasting and seeing is an experience. Like, I really love tasting really delicious food. It's a great experience for me. Well, that's what the Lord is kind of trying to put on our hearts in this. He says, come to me and don't just have a head knowledge of who I am, but I want you to actually have an experience with me that transforms your life. In Luke chapter 8, verse 10, Jesus says, You have been given a teachable heart to perceive the secret, hidden mysteries of God's kingdom realm. But to those who don't have a listening heart, my words are merely, merely stories. Even though they have eyes, they are blind to the oh sorry they are blind to the meaning of what i say even though they listen they won't receive full revelation so this is what happens when the spirit of god comes when we experience the presence of god by receiving him god unlocks the mystery of who he is and what our purpose is And what this means is God reveals to us, he unlocks the mystery of his kingdom, and his kingdom is built on love and justice and mercy and goodness and kindness and grace. And what happens is now we have the presence of God with us so we can actually talk to the creator of those things to understand how we live them out. When we partake of the miracle, the miracle of receiving Jesus, we get the gift. Of his Holy Spirit this means that we pray act and do whatever it is that's in line with the heart of God whenever we do that we actually are operating in the same power and authority that raised Jesus from the dead so church we can do great things we can move mountains and actually, Phil Anderson, he has a commentary on the scripture from Matthew seventeen twenty. And Matthew seventeen twenty is that scripture that says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain and this mountain move, and it would move. And so it's this promise that if we have faith as tiny as a mustard seed, we can move mountains. And this is what Phil Anderson says. He says, the small choices we make, like prayer or a small group of friends seeking the Lord together, can have an impact that can change the world. I'm going to say it again, because it's awesome. The small choices we make like prayer and a small group of friends seeking the Lord together can have an impact that can change the world. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're feeling really out of control. Maybe you're seeing all the pain and suffering and confusion in the world. And you're like, what do I do about it? Go and be in the presence of the Lord. Seek him and hear his heart. And he will put you into an action in a way that you never dreamed. This is God's heart. God wants to heal our land, and He's going to use us, the church, to do it. God wants to heal our land. If you've been wondering where He is, what He's doing, does He even see us? He sees us, and His desire is to heal our land, but He's gonna use us, the church, to do it. We are God's ambassadors. We are His hands and feet. He's calling us to go, and we do that by spending time with Him, receiving from the Father His kingdom. And even though we're in this world, we actually bring the Father's heart. We bring the kingdom here. And so we're called to make an influence and have an impact in our corners of the world. And so I have a friend, Abby, she works here, and she was talking about our corners of influence. Our corners of influence are wherever we are living, our neighborhoods, um, where we work, where we go to school, where we grocery shop our neighbors, all those things are places that it's our corner to have an influence in bringing the kingdom. And so we're going to do something right now that's a little bit different. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray for our church, we're going to pray for our world, and we're going to pray for each other. Um, And before we do that, if you have any kids in your house, I know in my house my kids start to get a little squirrely and they go away, I want you to find them and I want you to bring them in, grandparents or parents, because here's the deal. When we have an experience with the Lord, it transforms us. I like to think of King David in the Old Testament when he fought Goliath, you know, the giant, and the whole nation, there was nobody that was willing to fight the giant but him. Why? Why was David willing, this young kid, and nobody else? And it's because David had experiences with the Lord in the wilderness. He was just doing his job, tending sheep in the desert, and he had to fight a bear and a lion. And the Lord gave him the strength and he experienced the goodness of God that gave him courage for what was out there. So whenever we can have experiences with the Lord, whether you're young or old or capable or not capable, whatever it is, we want to be there and we want to experience the goodness of God because that's what makes us brave to move forward. So gather your household. um, And if you're on your own, even sweeter, because we're gonna take notes and do whatever. So grab what you need And this is what we're going to do. I'm going to lightly guide you, or guide us, um, through this time. But this time is really your own to kind of own and facilitate. So this is the one win of us being virtual, is that I'm going to set us up to kind of walk through these stations. I'll put up slides with some instruction on what we're going to pray. But really, if the Spirit is moving and you're experiencing Him, don't rush it. You can always come back. Okay. So this first thing that I want to do is we're actually, um, it's, it'll a slide will come up, but this first time before we get going is I want us to spend some time in repentance. And so I know that's a scary word, but really all it is is that we're going one way that's away from God and we're gonna turn, and we're actually gonna go God's way. And again, with that church in Acts, one of the things that they were moved to in hearing the gospel and receiving the goodness of God is that they were moved to repent and whether you've been a believer your whole life or you're new and this is the first time you're even doing something like this, surrender is so good for our souls. There are things we need to let go of. And right now our nation is hurting. For so many, our world is hurting with the virus and so many different things. And so we're just going to kind of, we're gonna repent for our world and for our nation and for ourselves. And so these are some things I'm just gonna declare over us and you can come along. I'm going to pray and then I'll put up a slide that we'll pray together. But this I'm just gonna pray some things that the Lord put on my heart earlier. Lord God, we just come before you. Father, we just repent of all the ways that we sought comfort on our own. Lord God, where we've turned to things to provide fulfillment that have just left us hurting and wounded. Lord God, we repent of choosing a life that's different from the one that you're calling us to. And Lord God, we just repent for all the ways that we haven't seen those around us that are hurting or we've allowed our hearts to become callous and hard. Lord Jesus, we repent of that. We know that you call us to be soft and tender and loving to those around us, just like you. And Father, we we repent of ways that we've let bitterness into our heart, that we have resentment and anger that has kept us from life and life to the full. And we come to you because we know we can't fix it. We need you to fix it. And Lord God, we repent of allowing fear to be louder than your love. Lord God, you are greater than anything, any giant, any lion, or any bear that's in our way. Will you remind us? Will you minister to us now? And remind us that you are bigger than those things. And we are sorry, God, for not going your way. Okay, now... I'm gonna put up a slide for us to just read together. And you can read it out loud all together or silently to yourself. And again, if you've been a believer for forever, we still have things that we wanna surrender. But if this is your first time getting to do something like this, then praise God, because you're surrendering your life to Jesus and you get the same birthday spiritually as the church, and so why not do today, it's great. And so we're gonna put up that slide and we're just gonna read it together. Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness for living my life without you and going my own way. I receive the love, grace, and mercy that you poured out for me on the cross. I receive the gift of your Holy Spirit and ask you to come and take control of my life now and forever. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, so now this is the part I was talking about where you're actually going to either gather the people in your household or if you're on your own, maybe grab a notebook or a Bible because we're just going to spend some time with the Lord. This is the first slide that's going to come up and you're going to have a couple of minutes just to interact with this, just to pray and to seek God's heart and to come into alignment with the Father's heart and to declare it. Um, This is something that prayer is powerful. Prayer changes things. And so we're moving into agreement with what it is that the Lord says to us, the same power and authority that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us. So here's your first slide. We're gonna pray for the church. We're gonna pray that we, the people of God, will be a light to the world. We are called to pray for reconciliation of the world to God and to others. So let's take time and do that together. If you're still praying keep going I'm just going to tell you what the next slide is the next thing we're going to pray for is anybody that's in need physically emotionally or spiritually or you can pray for anyone in the room that has any prayer requests if you're on your own maybe ask the Lord if there's somebody that you can reach out to or if he has a word or a way that you can encourage anybody I know there have been times in my life the greatest way that people have loved me is sending me a text message of a prayer or something that they heard from the Lord for me. So let's just take this time and be available. Let's put our love into action for one another.